Redeemer's Grace and peace, love and mercy from God our Father, through Jesus Christ, our risen Savior and Lord. Amen. Text for our meditation this evening as we continue our All Saints celebration. The first reading that we heard from Revelation 7, especially these words. These are the ones coming out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more. The sun shall not strike them nor any scorching heat. For the Lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd, and he will guide them to springs of living water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. God will wipe away every tear from your eyes. I suppose that really begs a question. Why do you cry? Why do you cry? Maybe you don't cry. I wasn't brought up that way. It's not the manly thing to do. Christians don't cry. Why do you cry? When we're little, we cry because we need things. We're hungry. We're thirsty. Our diaper needs to be changed. So we cry. When we get older, we're a little more sophisticated in our crying. We cry when a schoolmate or a sibling takes away our favorite toy or our boyfriend or girlfriend. And we cry. As we get older, we're, we're a little more restrained with our tears. We cry when we're hurt. We cry when we lose something. We cry over our sports teams or over our politics. We cry when we look at our 401k. Maybe the tears aren't always visible, but we're crying. Most of all, we cry over death. 
When a pet dies, we cry. When a family member or friend dies, we cry. When we think of our own mortality, we cry. I found that as I get older, I cry much more readily, easily, even though I know how it's going to end, I can tear up over a Hallmark movie. I love to watch old westerns. There's an old Jimmy Stewart movie, Shenandoah, which is kind of a Civil War movie and a western all blended into one. Great movie if you haven't seen it. I've seen it more times than I care to admit. But every time that final scene where Jimmy Stewart's youngest son, who he affectionately calls Boy, when Boy, who has been given up for dead, comes walking into church on crutches, and the entire congregation bursts out singing, the common doxology. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Gets me every time. Every time. Was back in the days when I was serving at St. Paul Lutheran Church in West Point. We had a difficult stretch. A difficult stretch of death. I officiated 57 funerals in 29 months. All ages and economic classes. Death is no respecter of those things. As difficult as that was, it was the advent of 1993 that was the most difficult. On the first Sunday of Advent, I got a call early, early, early in the morning. One of our members had died. A six-year-old girl. No explanation. To this day, no cause. She went to sleep and woke up in heaven. That rocked not only our congregation, but the entire community of West Point, about 3,000 people. It got worse. A week later, a 20-year-old young lady in our congregation, senselessly run over by a drunk driver. The next week, a two-year-old died in a house fire. 
It was hit after hit after hit. Between the fourth Sunday of Advent and Christmas Eve, I had three funerals, including one on Christmas Eve morning. After the last Christmas Eve service, I got a phone call. One of our members who had been battling cancer was near death. I sat in the hospital. His family gathered around, huge family. And I held his hand and read God's word and sang hymns and prayed until God called him home in the wee hours of the morning. I got home and all of a sudden I realized in a few hours there's church, Christmas Day. I had nothing prepared. First time in my life I ever preached without a manuscript. I'm not really sure what I said. I have no record of it. I just trusted in the Lord to bring out the right words. It was later that day on Christmas Day. We had opened all of our Christmas presents. The boys and my wife were upstairs in our home playing and doing what boys do, running around and acting crazy. I went down into the basement. We had a little black and white TV. Turned on the TV and I sat on the couch. I was physically, mentally, spiritually exhausted. What came on TV? Jimmy Stewart. It's a wonderful life. When do you cry? Well, I can tell you when I cry. It was that Christmas Day afternoon. About halfway through, it's a wonderful life. It just hit me. All of the death. All of the times when the pastor has to be strong for the family. All of the times when I had to have the right words at the right time. All of the times when I couldn't cry because people were looking to me for strength. And I cried. And I cried. And I cried I wailed. At some point in time, one of my sons came downstairs, run upstairs and says, hey mom, dad's downstairs crying. Just let him be. I know the movie is hokey and angels do not get their wings when a bell rings. But everything came to a head at that time. We need to be careful that we don't 
put too much stock in our emotions. Our emotions can deceive us. We need to be careful on the other side of the ditch as well. We need to be careful that we aren't so stoic. That we don't cry. Jesus cried. Death hurts. Death stings. He knew in just a few minutes he was going to raise Lazarus from the dead. And what did Jesus do? Jesus wept. I cried on that Christmas day afternoon. Only one other time in my life. About 30 years earlier. Gathered at St. Paul Lutheran Church in West Point, Nebraska. Sitting with my family. Eight years old. My dad's funeral. I don't know why. It just hit me. At the end of the service, I just started crying and I couldn't stop. My dad was 44. Old people die. Not healthy people in the prime of their life. At the end of the service, as they were wheeling the casket away, my four-year-old sister screamed at the top of her lungs, Don't take my daddy away! I wasn't the only one crying. Everybody was crying. My friends, since Adam and Eve's fall into sin, death is real. We can't avoid it. Unless Jesus comes again in his power and might and glory, sooner we will all one day die. We get little reminders of it all the time, like the change of the seasons, which we will experience in great measure over the next 48 hours. We're reminded when the goldfish jumps out of the bowl, where our dog or cat needs to be put to sleep. In our gospel reading for today, the text Vicar preached on this past Sunday, Jesus says, Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. The problem is, we mourn all the time for the wrong things. We mourn 
over the stock market going down. And yet we rarely mourn or cry for our love of mammon. We mourn when our favorite sports team loses. But rarely do we mourn or cry over our idolatry. We mourn or cry as we look in the mirror and see that we're getting older. Or we see the lineup of prescription pills. Or we go and visit a family member in the nursing home. We mourn or cry over our own mortality. But rarely do we mourn or cry over our love of the unholy trinity. Me, myself, and I. My friends, God's word for tonight gives us a picture. It puts a picture, paints a picture, visible words of our hope, our Christian hope, has nothing to do with sports or politics or finances. God's word in Revelation 7 gives us a picture, a glimpse of heaven. There is no more comforting word to read at the bedside of someone who's getting ready to transfer from the church on earth to the church in heaven than these words. These words are the most beautiful words to share with grieving family members as they are hurting and crying over death. A death that hits particularly hard. Sometimes, sometimes the only way to describe something, because it's so good, Sometimes the only way to describe something is in the negative. We hear that tonight. They shall hunger no more. Neither thirst anymore. The sun shall not strike them, nor any scorching heat. For the Lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd. And he will guide them to springs of living water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. My friends, for all of the times we have cried over things that we shouldn't have cried over. For all of the things 
that we have mourned over. That we mourn because of our, our selfishness. Or our self-centeredness. For all of the times, we should have cried tears of repentance because of our sin. But we didn't. Because we were too caught up in the moment. Or enjoying our sin too much. For all of these sins, every one of them, Jesus, our good shepherd, went to Calvary's cross. He exchanged his life for ours. He died the death we deserve. Everlasting separation from God in the fires of hell. He died it for us. And then, our good shepherd, stone cold dead, came back to life. He conquered our greatest enemy, death itself. Jesus, who was dead, now lives and reigns forever and ever. All who have been baptized into the thrice holy God have been robed with Christ's righteousness. We've already died. We've died to sin in the waters of holy baptism. God has raised us to new life. And this is the life that we live right now. We have nothing to fear, not even death itself. Because Christ, our good shepherd, has gone there and defeated it once and for all by his perfect life, bloody death, and glorious resurrection. My friends, on this side of heaven, we cry. Sometimes foolishly, sometimes rightly. But Jesus promises, he promises that one day he will wipe away all tears. My friends, this is your promise. This is your promise today. This is your promise tomorrow. This is your promise forever. And until you see Jesus face to face, remember, God, through Jesus, has given you a wonderful life. Live it. Enjoy it. And give thanks to God. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which far surpasses all understanding, keep our hearts, our minds, our lives, our tears in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. We stand and sing the offertory.